0: And welcome to the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by the good people at LG Insurance. I'm your host, Steve Titchner here in Jersey, and calling in from Saint Louis is Devil's Announcer and sometime college basketball color analyst, Matt Lachlan. And Matt, how are things at the gateway to the west?
1: Ah, things are beautiful here. Actually the temperature yesterday got into the oh, I'd say upper forties, might have been okay. low fifties. It's uh, a heat sun wave. Yeah, exactly. Sun's out today, so what snow they had has started to melt, and it was a great day for a walk along the Mississippi to the Gateway Arch, and now we're getting ready for a little hockey tonight.
0: All righty, and so let's talk some hoops and uh, some Jersey hoops specifically, and it's a good week for both teams, Rutgers and Seton Hall. Uh, Let's start with Rutgers um, at Michigan State. That was the most complete game that i've seen them play all year i mean they had a big outbreak against nebraska earlier in the season but you know that's nebraska this is the number 13 team in the country coming in and um look six players and double figures paul mulcahy his emergence uh, 12 assists 15 points he was just going in the lane and dishing off to wide open uh players cliff amore you know dunking the ball you had uh uh, Ron Harper Jr. layups. It was I've never seen so many gimme's in a you know a Rutgers offense that's always working so hard just to get a shot off, and here they were just uh, you know 84 points against Michigan State. It was a big statement game. Granted, it's at home and they're good at home, but listen, that was a that was the best game of the year without a doubt.
1: Well, you know what? They were fabulous. Uh, second half particularly where they uh, doubled up. Michigan State turned a close game into a rout. Uh, Tom Izzo tipped his cap to Rutgers. I mean, in a way, what else could he do? But I I think it was recognition for Mm -hmm. what he just saw in front of him. And, again, at home, they're terrific. And they followed up, and I know we'll get to it, with another home victory. Last 10 points go their way last night, and and they beat Ohio State. So one step at a time. I think we talked last week about the enormity of – their task and if you look at the need to run the table or for the most part run the table and the clubs they're facing and everything else you kind of get uh, overwhelmed but as we said last week you have to just take it one game at a time and they started with Michigan State it continued last night they're still not out of the woods they've got a lot of work to do they've improved their net they've improved their confidence which is a huge factor in any athletic situation but they cannot afford to stumble. Unfortunately, they've given themselves just very little room for error. But that's the negative. You can't look at that. You have to mm-hmm. look at the positive. I mean, the team is starting to play the way people thought they could. Geo Bakers bounced back off that horrendous game mm-hmm. uh, a little while ago where he had no points. Uh, and now he's making shots. And Moka Mulca- Mulca- he's been a force. Reber has come on. So a lot of good things happening at Rutgers. Just how much runway they have, we'll see.
0: Yeah, no question. A quick uh, shout-out. Actually, before the game against Michigan State, I went out to the FS1 trailer there. I met uh, from some friends, introduced me to the producer there, Bo Garrett, and he showed me how the whole operation, going in the trailer and all, and seeing all the monitors and all. That was really cool, just seeing the whole process of it. And so a little shout-out to Bo for, uh, for giving me a tour. Uh, and I like FS1 covering um, covering Rutgers because they seem to do pretty well. Go, uh, let's go to Ohio State now. And as we record, it was last night. I was at the game. Let me tell you this right now: Ohio State's a good team, a big, physical, good team. They play good defense, and I'm telling you that was a that was a rock fight from start to finish. Uh, just some huge plays down the stretch. What can you say? I mean, they're down eight, and then they had a, um, a, a baseline pass to. Uh, yeah, McCallie Branham, long pass to him, and you're thinking, OK, this thing's over. Uh, Caleb comes out of nowhere. Caleb McConnell blocks this shot. The rack erupts. They get the ball down. Geo drives and scores, and they have life and now inside three minutes, they're down six. They have life. They come back all the way. They they tie the score and then uh, Geo ba- Baker, another drive. He get he hits the two free throws. They get some big stops and then the huge stop was with three seconds left. They have a baseline play. They you know want to no part of overtime so they set up for a uh, a three point shot in the corner and Geo came over and got a piece of that. So, two huge blocks and my goodness, I thought they were done. It really did. And I got to tell you, the rack was the six, man, because it is so loud you could see it on the players you could just see it on their faces that they that they're affected by that just the sheer volume of the place and uh they were able to pull out a, a two-point win against a very very good team uh it was
1: a tremendous atmosphere i was watching it here last night and uh i i did think ohio state had terrible offensive runs down the stretch mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they were trying to do there they didn't get any really any good looks and even that last shot, yeah. I mean, give Baker credit for coming over, but really,
0: yeah, it wasn't that a good three. Yeah, three in the horrible, corner, buried in the corner. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. horrible. Maybe they but, thought that was know, their only chance with its three seconds, but yeah, that was yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it uh, just a, I liked
0: it horrendous... going, getting buried in that corner, and then they were able to get out there and just you know, you know, get a piece of it, Geo.
1: Huge. Yeah, I mean, you didn't need a three. Uh, you know, you, you could have gotten a two. I, I don't know. I, I thought there were other other options there for Ohio State but you know Rutgers was terrific uh, they buckled up when they needed to and now the mo is on their side they take it on the road and let's see what happens but yeah it was just uh it was just a real workmanlike effort for Rutgers and you know you look at it, it was 66 64 that's the number that Rutgers wants to play at when it gets higher than that it's not in their favor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they played gritty defense. They were able to shut down Michigan state in the second half. They only got 63 points. So now in their last two, the number of the opponent is in the sixties and Mm -hmm. their victories, but again, it's at home. Yeah. So let's see what they do against Wisconsin. And listen, then they go to Illinois and then they, uh, or they're home for Illinois. Then they go to Purdue. I mean, it The gauntlet is still there, but it's one step at a time. Survive in advance. And that's exactly what they've done. And
0: you mentioned Geo earlier, Matt, and I'll tell you, you know, after the Northwestern game, some folks with short memories were really down on him. He did put up a goose egg. He had a bad game. They did lose a, a tough, tough game uh, that they really need it, and we'll see that down the road. But listen. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Geo's won them a lot of games, and let me tell you something. He won that game against Ohio State. Twenty-five points. You know, still six assists. I um, mean, a big block at the end. He played defense. Um, and he and he just looked. You know, sometimes you know, sometimes he looks down or tired or whatever. He was he was energized. He was leading that team, and oftentimes he's a big part of it. And he certainly was. Uh, he won him the game uh, for sure. Uh, last tremendous. Night. Yeah. just
1: a tremendous player. You're right. And in a season where a lot was expected and the team hasn't delivered, you know, you're not going to blame, uh, you know, Mag, or you're not going to blame Reaver, or you're not going to blame McConnell. You're going to look at the stars. And, you know, Baker had been has been up and down. geo has been up and down. And that Northwestern game does stand out. I mean, it was what, 0 for 6 from the floor, mm-hmm. no points, and you can't win that way. And they didn't. And yeah. it was an important game. So, who knows what's happened? Or maybe there was something wrong with him that's been kept under wraps—something minor. But uh, he had a terrible game. Now he's back to where—well,
0: I'll tell you one should thing: should
1: be, and they're following.
0: And I'll tell you one thing: he driving to the basket. Hello, so Geo's done very well, and he was just—I think he was settling for jump shots. Uh, uh, you know, uh, up to up to this point in the season, more so. And uh, he mm-hmm. got back to drive into the basket uh, and he, and he, you know, he got layups last night and that's uh, a big part of that. And uh, you know, and he's, Oh, you know, he was, he was dropping some shots too. He, w- he wasn't as cold as he was in Northwestern. He was just ice cold. You just, just have those nights as shooters, everybody, all players do. Uh, so uh, uh, in this case against Ohio state, a very tough defensive team, and uh, Baker showed up big and that's got to be remembered down the road and they're going to need him down the stretch. For sure. I mean, Ron Harper Jr. is going to have his off nights, and he's going to have his on nights. It's just the way it's going to be with him. He had six points last night. Uh, You know, Mulcahy's looking good. Still, I mean, you know, six rebounds, six assists, 12 points. You know, they're going to start keying on him. Now, the the difference with Mulcahy now is they're saying, listen, shoot. Start shooting. Start becoming an offensive presence. So, I think they're going to start keying on him more. Um, you know, he had that big breakout uh, in the second half of Northwestern, and then a huge game against Michigan State, just huge. And so, um, but listen, he's emerging. And um, the fact that he's now an offensive threat, it gives them more. It gives the other team, they got to prepare for for uh, another element uh, to this team. And so that is making, they're playing their best basketball right now. Now, look, the reality is they're, they're halfway up a very steep mountain, right, Matt? I mean, you got Wisconsin. They're at Wisconsin. You know, they got Illinois at home. Um, and then you're at Purdue. Boy, they're licking their chops. You know, Michigan hasn't been the same, but you know, there's there's still Michigan. And and then they're at Ann Arbor. Then they got Wisconsin at home, at Indiana, at Penn State. They're at eight and five in the conference, fourteen and nine overall. They need at least three more. Uh, you know, four would be great. Uh, so they need to t- win at home, and they got to figure out a way to win something on the road. Um, you know, maybe at Indiana, at Michigan. I'm not going to say at Wisconsin's impossible, but let's face it—that's a that's a good team, one of the top teams in the country. You go into their house, they pack the Kohl Center. Uh, that's going to be a tough game, and I uh, hope that they keep it close and get a chance at the second half. But uh, these this is a tough road they're they're uh, they're about to embark on, Matt.
1: Well, it is, but you can't look at it that way, right? If you think you've got to run a marathon, right? You can't say, oh, my God, how am I going to do after 26 miles? You start with one step, and, and mm-hmm. I know that's trite, but that's really it. I mean, you do have to prepare for the long run, and Rutgers obviously has been getting ready all season long, but it's it's all about Saturday yeah. because what happens two weeks from now isn't going to matter if they don't take care of business in the steps in between. So I understand, yeah, it is. Like we talked about it last week, just – it's not easy. And Rutgers now is playing with optimism. The fans are behind them again. As you said, the building was packed, and there is hope. But they can't stumble because they'll go right back where they're at. So focus on Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Johnny Davis is going to be the key. I mean, he's such a strong player. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of, I won't say risen out of nowhere, but he's really taken off this year. He is the man who leads them. And, and if they put a good defense on him then you know you got a shot i mean when he's scoring 30 points they're they're so much better yeah but if you can slow him down a little bit Mm -hmm. then you are going to cause some of the other guys from wisconsin who right now are playing a little bit in there in the shadows uh then you know they've got to step up so
0: it seems yeah they got to defend the three two which is Brad Davidson or Tyler Wall or whomever yeah, they they're a good three-point uh, uh shooting team. Seems like every Big 10 team is and you know it, it, just defending that three obviously we we've talked about this a number of times certainly harder than it seems, right? When when you got a hot hand and last night that was a tough one. Ohio State, what, I believe it was 10 of 18 uh from three. Um so it, and they were able to survive a good three-point shooting night which they seems they they get, you know, teams get high from three and the game against Maryland at home you know it's tough and and it seems like Rutgers was a good three-point shooting team at the beginning of the season but not so much as of late Um, But uh, uh, that's always a concern uh, down the road. And and, then we'll see, though. I mean, their defense has been playing great, and they're getting a little bit more offense, a little more dynamic offense with the help of Mulcahy now. Omori's been great. Um, you know, it's a good defensive presence. They struggled rebounding last night, too. So, it wasn't perfect. I mean, again, Ohio State's a very good team, but they were, so they, they were struggled with the rebounding. And uh, the three-point uh, defense, again, a difficult thing, uh, you know, to get these good, good shooting teams to keep them... Um, to keep them in check. And so we'll see down the road um, how that works out. Uh, that other team. I still team, think it's going to be on uh,
1: the defense. It's still going to be on the defensive yeah. side. You're right. I mean, yeah. you, you, in the end,
0: mm-hmm. duh,
1: you have to outscore the opponent. But if Rutgers, Rutgers is going to hang its head on its defense. So yeah. you're right. Try to figure out how you can score some points,
0: and but then you know, and, and, and
1: they've got to be able to defend.
0: They've and another defend. acknowledgement of uh, Caleb McConnell, man. I mean, that guy's he, he comes to he comes to the gym with work boots, man. That guy works, and you know he's even got he's, he's he's keeping his offensive game. He's it's a little restrained now. He's just taking the shots that are wide open, or taking that layup when he can get it, um, taking the gimmies, obviously. But but on the defensive end, that huge block last night, he gets steals. You know he's he's very active and he's been a, he's been a big big part of um, of their run here and uh, hopefully toward the end of the season he can just still be that pain in the butt um, because defensively he's been really really terrific and certainly one of the best in the Big Ten uh, without a doubt so we'll see if he he keeps that going let's take a break let's say let's hear from our sponsor LG Insurance that we'll come back we'll talk Seton Hall. At LG Insurance Agency, our exceptional staff of agents shop seven insurance carriers to help you get the best pricing and value for your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is the destination for all of your insurance needs. LGInsuranceAgency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. And we're back on the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. Let's turn to Seton Hall, 15-7, and 6-6 in the conference. And, hey, Matt, they did what they needed to do. Three straight wins here. They got home. They beat Creighton. Okay. You were actually in the uh, – you were calling color on that, correct? Yeah, in the, in the, in the I was right court
1: side okay, great. Was Dave Popkin.
0: OK, uh, so took care of Creighton. OK, and then a big game against the number 25 Xavier. And again, did what they needed to do. Jared Roden, you said he needed to step up in the last show, Matt, and he sure did with 25 points. So here we go. They're looking uh, they're looking good, although things are getting a little bumpy right now at Villanova at UConn um, the rest of the week here. So there's a, uh there's a lot of work still to be done in the Big East.
1: Well, no question about it. Now, they put themselves in a much better position in terms of an NCAA bid than Rutgers because early in the season, Seton Hall was picking up Mm -hmm. the wins against Rutgers and against Texas and against Michigan, even though that Michigan win doesn't appear as good now as it did then because we've seen that they're just kind of a pedestrian team. That Mm -hmm. being said... That was a road win. So they've got a little room for error, but it, it got a little dicey there when they started Big East play and they were coming out of COVID and they didn't have full teams and, you know, other players or other teams have the same issue with some of their players. So it's not fair to just say, Oh, well, Seaton Hall, poor Seaton Hall had this issue, but it was a factor and they haven't had Bryce Aiken, but they've kind of figured it out. They're back to where they mm-hmm. were in terms of their intensity There's a little more offensive flow. Uh, And these, these wins, uh, the last couple, I mean, Georgetown was a struggle, but it was a win. It was on the road, but a wire to wire win against Creighton who had no chance, no chance in that game. Mm -hmm. You know, Seton Hall was up. I want to say it was, I have to look at my notes, but 26 to three at one point It was crazy. Uh, Creighton had no shot in that Mm -hmm. game. And last night, you know, they withstood a a comeback by Xavier, Mm -hmm. uh, albeit benefiting by Zach Fremantle being kicked out of the game or, Fouling out of the game. I should say that's accurate. He didn't get kicked out, but he picked up two fouls on one play. And that was uh, numbers four and five. Anyway, so they benefited from that and they held on at the end. So, yeah, huge win. It's their fourth quadrant one yep. win. And don't ask me exactly what that means, except <laughs> it means you beat a pretty good team. And those are the resume builders that you look for. And now they've got a chance to further solidify their position as they go play the two teams that you mentioned, starting uh, with Bill uh, Nova
0: and UConn. And so the question is, Bryce Aiken, will he be back? And do they need him in that stretch run, certainly in the next couple of games? But you talked to uh, Kevin Willard, and he said he's not coming back anytime soon. What does that mean, Matt?
1: Well, last night after the game, he said he certainly uh, is not going to play Saturday. He thought perhaps when Seton Hall returns home, which is a week from Saturday when they take on DePaul, they might expect him back. So do they need him back? Sure, they're a much mm-hmm. better team without him. They really don't have anybody who can handle the point guard role. kadari uh, Richmond has done fine. And yes, they've piled a lot of minutes on him. And, you know, he's wearing down a little bit. But I just don't like some of his decision-making. I, mm-hmm. I think some of his passes are just too soft. There's not a crispness. You know, remember when we were playing, I don't want to sound like the you know, the old guy, get off my lawn, but you know you had to snap your passes, right? He seems yeah. to be a little too mm-hmm. easy with his passes, and they get picked off, and yeah. you know, he's pressured, he gives up his dribble, and things like that. That being said, he's been good. He's been very good, but mm-hmm. he's not a point guard. And Jameer Harris helps, mm-hmm. but Bryce Aiken is better. So, they do need him back if they have any hopes of having greater success. But yeah. right now, in his absence, the ball is moving a little bit more. So I think they found others that can contribute, and that's important. It's got to be sustained when he comes back. Yeah, the others have to continue to contribute. But you know, yes, they do miss him, which is a long way to answer mm-hmm. your yeah. question. Yeah. They absolutely do miss him. When you figure you want wait.
0: that, you want that extra player against Villanova at Villanova at UConn, where where now it's really um, the, those are two tough ranked opponents. Um, it's his second concussion was this se- was the which, which which I read. I didn't realize that. Did he suffer one earlier in the season, or was this last year? Last uh, year. okay, wow. so so it's taken a while um uh, here. so uh, and uh, and I can understand, Wilder not not rushing back. I mean, players' health is essential, and especially, and you had mentioned this, you know, brain injuries are a whole different thing. So, um, and then you would think that he would need some time to get you know back into the rhythm of his game as well. So, um, but I'm sure uh, you know. Certainly, look this is this is a tournament team, and and you want that guy. Once tournament time comes around, you want that guy on the court.
1: No doubt about it. Now, they are a tournament team. Not going to lie, they are. Mm -hmm. But they can't afford. Can they afford, quote-unquote, to lose to Villanova, lose to UConn? Sure, those are road losses against ranked teams. They don't hurt you when it comes time to get into the tournament. It'll hurt your seeding, and they can improve their seeding with those wins. But the crucial games will be when they do come home. They play DePaul. They play Georgetown. They have Butler. Those are absolute must-win games. And then try to squeeze... When they go to Creighton, try to squeeze one out there. That's mm-hmm. a tough place to play. Maybe pick up one of these wins. So it's not like they're guaranteed. But right. They can stumble a little bit. I think for Bryce Aiken's return, I think what they have to look at is when do you get him back? Now, you accept him back whenever he's ready because he's skillful. He's an alpha guy. He'll take the last shot. They're better with him in the lineup. But as you get close to tournament time, he's going to need a little time to get back into game shape, knock some rust off, et cetera. Mm-hmm. He's already missed six games. If he misses the next two, now you're up to eight. He has plenty of time to come back. But the more that gets extended, now you only have a little time and some practice to reintegrate yourself with your team. So they'll take him back no matter when he comes. But I think they'd like to have him back certainly as soon as possible. Maybe that Paul game, but not too much longer after. Uh, because I think it'll take some time again to get him back into the lineup, get him used to playing at a high tempo, and then when you attack going into the Big East tournament and beyond, now you've got your full club intact.
0: And look, uh it's a good sign to see Jared Roden playing the way he's playing, and certainly last night, you know, in a, you know, thirty-seven minutes, you know, twenty-five points, eight rebounds. And listen, that game ended up being tight, right? I mean, the uh, Seton Hall had a nice uh, first half, but uh, you know, he hit some big shots, and uh, they need that. And maybe he's realizing, you know, with with Aiken not on the court, man, this is my team, and he's going to have to step up in, uh, in in big spots here. So that's a good sign moving forward. forward.
1: It is. I think we miss sometimes. I know I can be guilty of it. The fact that he's the guy other teams focus on while they have respect for what a Tyree Samuel might be able to contribute or what a Trey Jackson might be able to do coming off the bench or Alexi Yetna or Jameer Harris or Miles Kale. The guy who is the leader right now, especially with Aiken out the guy who you have to worry about is Jared Roden. So let's focus on this guy. Let's put our best defensive scheme his way. Let's put Mm -hmm. our best one-on-one defender against him. And that's tough every night. I mean, that's the reality he faces, but that's hard. So I think it's been a learning year for him. I think he knows, not unlike what we said about Geo Baker earlier, that, you know, this is it. Let's go. You know, he hasn't had the up-and-down year that that Geo has, and there's really not been times when he's disappeared. But, you know, you're down to, I mean, what does Seton Hall have left seven games, seven games now left in the regular Mm -hmm. season. And then whatever the big East and the NCAA has. So, you know, best case scenario, he's got fifteen, seven, sixteen 16 games left in his college career. So make the most of them. And that's the ultimate getting to the final, that's getting to the championship game. So really you start to count down, like what am I going to do the rest of the way here? But last night was a big performance, 25 points. And um, you know, again, it has been a little roller coaster for him for a variety of reasons because he's the object of everyone's attention. But yeah, he—it's—it's it's time to put the hammer down a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Great
1: ones overcome that, right? Great, mm-hmm. great ones find a way.
0: Yeah, and so yeah, he's going to have to find a way at Philly and then uh, at UConn. So uh, you know, two tough teams right there. But then, unlike you know, Rutgers really has an up, steep uphill battle with every every and now I don't want to say that big I don't want to belittle the Big East by any means, but I mean at least you see DePaul, at least you see Butler, Georgetown, and even at Creighton. Yeah, they 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 packed that place uh, where they play in Creighton. So uh but still um uh, you know you've got uh, uh you've got some games that you sh- that well let's just say Rock uh, Seton Hall should win. Um certainly DePaul Butler, Georgetown. Uh you know that Xavier is going to be a tough one. At Creighton, like you said, because they because uh, it's a, they they pack them in and and uh, have a, a great home uh, home advantage. Creighton might be tough. So I again, it's there's there's no gimmies, and we know that. But at least they've got a couple uh, teams here uh, that they can certainly beat and and get themselves in a real good position to to to, uh, to for March Madness.
1: Well, yeah, for sure. And, and from from a Rutgers standpoint, look, they just got to win on the road.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. It's,
1: we know what they can do at home. That their inability to win at anywhere near a consistent or expected rate mm-hmm. uh, could very well be what dooms them, and that's why this Saturday yeah. is so important for them. Yeah.
0: And they uh, missed even, out, and so you go back and you look, and well, they missed out at, at Minnesota, and they missed out at Northwestern. So now you know, look, that's the tough part of this, right? I mean, you got to go to Wisconsin. That's a hard one. Purdue still, you know, they beat him at home. On a 50-foot uh, uh, three-pointer, but uh, you know Purdue's still number five in the country, and so you got to mm-hmm. go to Mackey Arena. Michigan, still, you're still in Ann Arbor. I mean, Michigan's down, um, but uh, that's that's going to be listen. Seton all did it, so you know Rutgers has got to go, and uh, and and. Uh, Beat Michigan at at Ann because they got to find a home win, a, a rather a road win for sure, Absolutely. and they and they got to win everything at home, which they which they can do. Although, like let's Illinois and Wisconsin, you know Penn State, uh-huh. you think although Penn State took it to them at uh, in the uh, state college, so no gimmies there at all. And at Indiana, come on, I mean. So it's, it's it's a it's a tough uh, it's tough uphill battle, and it is for Seton Hall too. Uh, you know the, yeah. the the Big East is is tough tough too, and uh, both conferences are tough. So um, that's the reality of it. And, and we will push forward into March with a lot of Jersey basketball. And actually, when we get closer to March, we'll start checking in on some uh, some other programs. We checked in on Monmouth. Maybe we'll check in on Princeton or some of these other uh, the, the possible tournament teams coming out of New Jersey, uh, because it is the Jersey Hardwood podcast that's sponsored by LG Insurance. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining me from St. Louis there. Go Devils. And uh, we will check in with all of you next week. Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Anywhere where you get your podcasts, we'll be on there. And we'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye. The Jersey Hardwood Podcast is written and produced by Steve Titchener with co-hosts Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. The show is edited and mixed by Justin Coy at Sound Lounge New York City.